this morning is a relationship that helps us to extend a hand of fellowship to God and say, Lord, you know us. And you take our battles, you take our troubles, you deal with them. And you give us what it takes to be able to thrive in life. We count on you today, Lord, as we've gathered together in your presence. Let this corporate meeting bring us the energy and the strength we need to be able to make inroads in the daily lives that we face. We pray, Lord, that in your presence we'll be enriched and be made whole. We'll go back there toughened and strengthened. Thank you, Lord, that in hearing your word, we'll be encouraged to be over obstacles and pain and hurts and troubles that we face. Pray, Lord, that it shall be well with us. Give us understanding through your word. Bring us closer to yourself as we hear you and as we talk to you. Bless you for this gathering. Say, let it be all of you. Rule supreme among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, the extension we want to get into is we want to see communication as God's original design. God's original design. I'm just extending it a little bit from where we were last week. Then next week, we will make the finish. So don't miss next week as well. God's original design. When it comes to communication... God has an original design. And I'm saying this in relation to the church, the body of Christ, to believers, to Christians. God has an original design the way he wants to communicate with us. So in communicating with God, he has an original design. The good news about the gospel is not coincident that my name is gospel. I believe in the power of the gospel. But the good news about the gospel, when we talk about the gospel, the good news about the gospel is that God wants to have a relationship with us, with humans. The good news about it, that a God sits somewhere and sees a man that he has created. He formed that man out of the dust of the earth. Who is man that you are mindful of? We are nobodies compared to God. Sometimes I look at how big God is, the magnitude of God, and I look at the individual human beings and I'm thinking God we are not even bigger than the size of an ant in front of you look at all the people that have lived before us and died and look at all of us that are on planet earth and those that are yet to come and God wants to have relationship with every individual that is amazing and that is the power of the gospel that when we were yet sinners when we were still doing what we're doing God decided that he wanted to bring us back to himself by coming to die for us. Incarnating in the flesh and dying for us. He initiated this relationship right from our creation. He wants to relate to us and it's the power of the gospel. And part of this relationship includes communication. How do you have relationship with somebody if you don't talk to the person? 
Relationship has to do with communication. Because when we talk, we know that we are getting on. We're getting to know each other. So communication is very important. So when God initiated this relationship, one of the pillars, the stronghold of this relationship he initiated is to have a continuous discussion with us, talk with us. Let me ask you, when was the last time you spoke to God? Hello? When was the last time you spoke to God? Some of us don't talk to our moms and dads. When was the last time you spoke to your mom and spoke to your dad? When was the last time you spoke to your friend? When was the last time you spoke to your roommate? That tells you who you are actually in relationship with. The person you speak to the most. So some of us have cut off some key people in our lives and we are talking to people who have nothing to give us and the more you talk to them, the more they design and restructure your focus and where you're going. You think, you know, we are just talking. You get online, you get on the internet, you get on social media and you talk to somebody you don't know. The person lives somewhere thousands of miles away from where you live and anonymously you are, you are chatting and chatting away your life. You are just saying stuff and sharing what is in your heart and all that. No, many of us are talking to people and we think that is just talking. Talking is relationship, it's communication. And if we are talking to the right people, the most important people in our lives, then we know that we're going to receive what it's going to enrich us. And God, who is the source of all knowledge and power, wants to talk to us, but we don't talk to him. We are in a hurry to get out of our house, out of the bed. We are not ready to talk to God. Some of us want to be clean, squeaky clean before we speak to God because you don't think you are ready to talk to God. God is going to look at me and scrutinize me. God is going to check that things that I've done wrong. So I'm not going to feel free to talk to God. But he has not given any impediment to our flow with him. He doesn't say that, don't talk to him. When you are weak, that is the more reason why you have to talk to him. And you appear before him just as you are. He wants to talk to us. It's not just we wanting to talk to God because it's not there. Somebody said that there is not there. It's not there with us, but God wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. And it's communication is part of the relationship that he's building with us. The very thoughts that God wants to communicate with us is mind-boggling. It is beyond what we can, we can think about. It is too strange. Why would God want to talk to us? He has the angels in heaven. He should talk to them. God can talk to plants and animals and talk to us. Why, why would God want to talk to us? When God wanted to talk to Adam and Eve, they were hiding. <laughs> and God had to ask, where are you? Human beings always want to hide. Especially when we know things are not right. But it is mind-boggling to know that God the almighty, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the all-powerful, the all-knowing God, the ever-present God wants to talk to people like you and me. Flip-flops. <laughs> people who are not 
very constant in what we do. People who are here today and tomorrow we are somewhere else. God wants to talk to us. Don't you find some pride in knowing that God wants to talk to you? That you, you are important. If God wants to talk to you, he's spending his time to talk to you. It means that you are important. Don't you feel that way? We must not trivialize that invitation at all. Because if God wants to talk to us, it's great. We must talk to God. If King Charles wants to talk to you, let me tell you, you may even get somebody to sponsor you and buy you a ticket to go and talk to so that they, they can take the pride that they, they help you to speak to. And it will be news. If Nanado wants to speak to you, let's say the regional minister wants to speak to you, anybody among us who holds a meeting with a regional minister or somebody or out of pride in talking to others. Oh, I just came from a meeting with the regional minister. You know why, why we are bringing that out? Volunteering, volunteering information that we just had a meeting with somebody who is important. Oh, I just had dinner with who? Mention a celebrity. <laughs> why, why would you say that? Because you feel they are there. They are important. They are famous. Twitter's success. When we talk about the, uh, Twitter as an app. Their success, something that has made them so successful for Elon Musk to pay so much money to buy it. Maybe now he's regretting. Because Meta has also brought threats. And 70 million downloads within a week. Three days, it was so much. And it kept building. But the reason why Twitter, for instance, became so popular is the mindset that people feel that they are ordinary and on Twitter you can speak with anybody, no matter how famous they are. So Donald Trump comes to tweet and you can retweet what he has tweeted. Or you can communicate with him. You don't need to meet his security to say, can I please speak to the man? No, you can do that. When you put something on Twitter and it hits him, he can reply to what you have said. Ordinary people can relate to extraordinary people. And that is why people troop on there to make use of such an opportunity. All good communication in life, I, be, I believe, must begin with communication with God. All good communication must begin with communication with God. The reason why I'm saying it must begin with communication with God is because God is a source of wisdom and truth. He's the source of wisdom and truth. So if you're going to talk to somebody, you better talk to God before you talk to somebody. In the morning when you pray, say, God, I'm going to talk to my boss. I'm going to talk to my subordinate. I'm going to talk to my business partners. I'm going to talk to people that are going to come to me. God, what should I say? I'm sure you get wisdom. So before you talk to people, talk to God. When the crowd gather to talk to you, better talk to God before you talk to them. Why? Because he's the source of wisdom. He's the source of knowledge. He's the source of truth. And that is why communication, good communication must begin with God. Have you realized that in functions and places we go, most often we start with what? We start with what? Prayer. Everybody's gathered. It's a function. And so, 
can we pray before we start? Why do we pray? Because God is the source of what we need. So when we talk to God first, then good communication flows from God. It goes from there. I believe that the way God communicates with us is largely through his word and prayer. The way God communicates with us is what? Is through what? Largely through his word. Some of us like prophetic words. Powerful. God can speak to you through prophecy. That saith the Lord. Or God is telling me. It can be true. It can be false. <laughs> it can be anything. You may have to check it later. Right? But when his word comes, his word is infallible. God's word is how he most often speaks to us. Some of us are thinking God doesn't speak to us. He does. When you come to church, you hear God's word. When you read his word, you hear his voice. God speaks to us through his word. And we also speak to God through what? Prayer. These are basic things, but we take them for granted. They are important. God through his word speaking to us. And through prayer, we speaking to God. Our primary objective when we talk about discipleship as a church, because that's where we are headed. When we talk about discipleship as a church, our primary objective is reconnecting people with God. And if we are reconnecting people with God, we want them to grow. And for them to grow, we need to introduce them or try to model to them the word and prayer. These are the two things that will make people grow. Word and what? Prayer. Today's Christians want to grow, but they don't want the word and they don't want prayer. They want a quick fix. They want somebody doing all the work for them. And that is why we go to a lot of places for prayer meetings. You know, as Africans, we have a background. We believe in incantation. We believe in rituals. We believe in signs. And we believe in tokens. That was our ancestry worship before the introduction of Christianity. And that element is still in us. So every African doesn't like simple things. We like complicated things. So if I'm going to pray for you. And I look at you and say, may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord increase you. And I'm looking at you and I'm saying all this. You say, amen, amen, amen. You take it. But you would rather prefer somebody who will come and begin to say, or, or begin with an action. Just shut your eyes and go, mm, 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 in the name of Jesus. And you will like that. Why? Because it invokes what is really in you. <laughs> right? Because we don't want simple things. And that's why some people live long beer and hold sticks and wear cassocks so that you can trust in them. Because what you see as a pastor is the appearance. And Jesus said the appearance can be very deceptive because when you see a tomb, it may be painted white, but the inside is full of dead bones, skeleton. And the Pharisaic attitude was that. 
they were interested in the outward and not what is what inside. So we like those things, but we must realize that what will let you grow in God is prayer and the word. And yet that is what a lot of us run away from. We don't want the word and we don't want prayer. When we start praying in church, when are we going to finish? Let somebody pray before lunch. When the food is ready and everybody is hungry. And they start praying and praying and praying and speaking in tongues. You're like, ah, that's full. <laughs> we, are, we are in a hurry to eat. You are praying too much. Right? The person may be praying too much. You want a simple prayer. In the same way, when you come to church and we are preaching the word. Oh, pastor, every day this preaching, preaching. Some of you will be very excited to come to church and say, today there's no preaching. Just dance and go home. They will go and say, pastor, today he did us great service. We danced and danced and went home. And there are some of us that even listen to the word and we block our ears because that's not why we are here. And we go home and we have nothing to show. What will make you grow is the word. What will make you grow is what? Prayer. These two things are important. So if we are discipling people, then these two things must be something that we push on so that people will grow. This is a discipleship making church and the word of God is important to us. That's why we spend more time in the word than any other thing. This is not a prayer camp. This is not take it and fall. This is making sure you grow as an individual so the word is prime to us. The word is projected above everything. Bible says that the Lord has projected or lifted his word above himself. The word of God is everything to us. And prayer is everything to us. Rare discipleship needs to include modeling prayer and studying the Bible. Otherwise, it is short-sighted kind of discipling. So if you are going to be a disciple, then you must love the word. Then you must love prayer. And that is why you have to be attending prayer meetings. That's why you have to be attending Bible study sessions. Why? Because without that, you cannot grow. Growing as a Christian is not how long you've been a Christian. It's what you put into you. So are you studying the word? Are you praying? That is going to make you... I believe there are a lot of overtakers in the Christian walk. Because some people have been Christians for years. But they don't know what they are doing. But others get into the word, get into prayer, and before you know, they are right up there. Why? Because that is what makes people grow. As disciples, when we introduce people to prayer, and we introduce them to the word of God, we are interfacing with God. What we are doing is, we are standing between the people and God, and linking them up in such a way that they will grow. And that must take place in the body of Christ. That is what we must do. I believe that communication in the church involves the word and it involves prayer. The word and prayer. These two things must not be neglected. If not, we will produce shallow Christians. But it's unfortunate that we still approach prayer and Bible study as an obligation. If prayer and word is what is going to make us grow, if prayer and word is communication, and communication is part of a relationship, 
then when it comes to prayer and word, we should be excited. But we see it as an obligation. It becomes a headache. Bible study is a headache. Prayer meeting is a headache. It's an obligation. That is why it's become a headache. We don't see it from the point of relationship at all. If it's our relationship with God, then we must welcome these things with all joy. We must see them as simple and doable because that is what makes us enhance our relationship with God. Our desire to pray and read the Bible should be much like that of someone who is in love. It should be like someone who is in love. Because when you are in love, one of the significance is what? You can't stop talking. Some of you, you use all your credit. 3 a.m., you are still chatting. You talk, you talk, you talk. 5 a.m., you are talking. You are talking all the time. You are talking. Your phone, even in church, your phone is on vibration. You hear, then you take it. And you smile. It's not because of the preaching. You are smiling because of what is on your phone. Then you, you respond. Then you keep responding. Because you can't stop talking. So if we are in relationship with God, it means that we are in love with God. And if we are in love with God, the means of communicating with God is through his word and through prayer. So when it comes to prayer and it comes to the word, we must say, hey, hooray. It is an opportunity to express our love to the person who loves us the most, God. Prayer must not be an obligation. The word of God must not be an obligation. It is an opportunity to enhance our relationship with God. It is a love affair. I believe the word of God is a love letter. When you get a love letter, what do you do? You read it, reread it, re 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 read it. You, you keep reading it. You, you, you meditate on every statement. You underline them. You read them. You must be reading the word of God over and over because you are in love with Jesus. You keep talking. So you must be talking to God all the time. All the time. But that's not what we do. A person in love will read. So we must read the word. A person in love will talk. So we must keep communicating with God. It is not a duty. I believe that it is a delight. It's a delight to talk to God. It is a delight to hear his word. It is not a job at all. It must be something that we are happy about. Because the Bible is God's love letter to us. And prayer is simply a way of talking with him. Communicating with God must be born out of a love affair. When you receive Jesus into your life, you can't stop talking to him. You can't stop reading the Bible. You keep reading and reading. Why? Because it is your way of getting closer to him. When we are asked by God to do certain things, I don't think that God wants us to fulfill a quota. I don't even believe that it is like a house chores, chore or something. It, 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 is, it is a love issue. It is not a job. It is a love something. Have you realized that in the Old Testament, we are told, 
the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And say, hey God, what is this? Thou shalt not God. Thou shalt not. Everything thou shalt not. When shall we? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. When shall we, God? You shall not. That, 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 is, that is the kind the kind of Old Testament expression. So we call them the law. Commandments. Law and commandments. Hard stuff. Because God wants to deprive us of our joy. And that's why he said, that shall not. But Jesus comes, the Old Testament people saw it as a job. But Jesus comes, and Jesus takes the same Ten Commandments, and now look at how he approaches the whole thing. Not from the Old Testament method. Now Jesus look at the Ten Commandments and he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Wow, emotionally, physically, everything. We must love the Lord our God. Is it the same Ten Commandments? Yes. They were seeing it as law. They were seeing it as an obligation. They were seeing it as God doesn't want us to enjoy life. And Jesus comes and says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Jesus is saying that the Ten Commandments is relationship. It is not a job. And if that is the case, we must do it with joy. We must be excited. Look, like most disciples of the Christian faith, we learn best to pray on our own when we have been taught in community. Do you agree that? Do you agree that? Do you agree to that? If you are going to be able to pray on your own or read the word on your own, you will learn best to do that through community. Somebody has to teach you. When you come to church and we teach you and, and all that, that's what stirs up that habit in you. That is what it is. I believe that when we leverage the power of community in prayer and in Bible study, we are getting closer to God's original plan. And that's why I said communication, God's original plan. Anytime we leverage community, the power of community in Bible study and in the word, we are getting to God's original plan. Pastor, why do you say that? That is where what we are talking about today dwells on. What I'm trying to say is, these things are done best when they are done in community. Prayer and the word is done best in community. There is a power of community. Historically, the communication of God's word was done in community. And in relationship with others. Prayer too. I can take you to the Old Testament. I can take you to the New Testament. All those times when it comes to the word and when it came to prayer, most often it was done in community. It was not done individually or alone. It was done in community. God will gather his people and use his prophet to speak to them. God will gather them and make sure that they hear his voice. Or when they want to pray, they come together, they fast together, they pray together, they do things together so they can get God's attention. There's power in corporate prayer 
and corporate Bible study. When we come together as community, the power gets to another level. When there is community and that community communicates with God, they have extraordinary presence of God. And that's something that we have not realized for a long time. Most of the epistles that were written to the, written by the apostles to the churches, they were not read to individuals. They were read to the church. So letters will be written to the church and they will gather and they will read them to them. And the reason why they will not stay in their homes to read them is because most of the people didn't have Bibles. They were not in print. There's only one original copy that is written and it's for the whole church. So they come together and they read it to them. It's not like you have a Bible in your house. They didn't. Even if they had Bibles, they, most of them could not read. So Bible was read to them in community. And so was prayer. However, they came together to also fellowship and worship together. So you check the book of Acts. Even the day of Pentecost, they were together in the upper room. Thereafter, Bible says that they met continuously in people's homes. They broke bread together. They studied the word. They prayed together. In the Old Testament, it was the same. It was community, community, community. In the New Testament, it was community, community, community. Everything was a gathering. It was not the individual in the house. It was community. And anytime they prayed, the place shook. They read the word. They did things together. Why? Because it was about community. It was about community. So as a community, we must see the essence of communicating in the sense of community. We must not just be individualistic. There is a reason. The reason why I'm saying this is I want you to realize that there is a reason why we come together to hear the word of God. There's a reason why we come together to pray. There's a reason why we don't, this morning, we could have been in our individual homes and we all be on Zoom. But there's a reason why we gather together because that is God's original plan. God's original plan is to bring us together to hear the word together. Is to bring us together so we can pray together. Is to bring us together so we can fellowship together. Is to bring us together so we can break bread together. There is power in togetherness. Community is power. And our communication should not lack community. Because God communicates to us most often through his word. We must be community. I think we should be brave enough to admit that the reason why so many present day disciples are not able to pray or do devotions on their own is because it is done best in community. It is done what? Best in what? Please don't try to be a giant when you are not. If you are a dwarf, don't try to be something that you are not. Sometimes we think that in our home, we can just be devotional. We, we can just 
have devotion with God, but it's not happening with you. You are not praying enough. You are not reading, reading the word of God enough. And the reason why that is not happening to you and you are struggling is because it is done best in what? Community. Have you asked why so many people join online prayer meetings? They want to pray. They have issues. But they want to join half an hour. They want to join this hour. They want to join command your morning. They want to join. Why? Because they believe that the sense of others really enhances what they are doing. So there's a power in communicating when you are on your own. It's like firewood. When it's separated, it dies off. When they come together, the flame goes high. When we come together, God speaks to us better. Please don't hide in your house and say, oh, I was in the shower and God spoke to me. Before we know, the devil is also speaking to you. But when we come together, we all hear God's word. One amazing thing about God's word is when it's being preached, it's one word, but it's speaking to people in different ways. God is able to diversify the understanding and everybody get it appropriated in their own way, their own style. So God is able to reach out. Someone said, Pastor, why every time we come to church, you preach and you preach about me? I said, why wouldn't I preach about you? Because the word is supposed to be about you. And it's not me preaching about you. Before I came here, God will put something in my head that he knows you need. Because he wants to speak to you. I am just a channel. So sometimes I may be addressing your issue, but I'm not even aware of what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm talking directly to you, but it's God doing what? Through his word, talking to you. So corporately, God talks to us when we come together. And that is why we must gather. I want to take you to the book of Hebrew, chapter 10, verse 24. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. The Good News Bible says this. Let us be concerned for one another. To help one another to show love and to do good. Helping one another. To be concerned for one another. To show love. We must show love. And do good. Then he goes to verse 25. says. Let us not. Give up the habit of meeting together. As some are doing. Instead let us. Encourage one another. All the more. Since we see that. The day of the Lord is coming nearer. The Bible is saying here that meeting together as believers is a habit and must be a habit. Meeting together is a habit and it must be a habit. When we talk about habit, we are talking about addiction. It's not the best of word, but it is. It's an addiction. As many of us are addicted to different things. People have different habits, different addictions. And Bible says one of the addictions of being a Christian is not forsaking the coming together of believers. Our gathering must be so addictive that we don't give up on that. How many of you were preparing last night or within the weekend and was just earning, yearning to, to just come this morning? You couldn't just wait. You couldn't wait for the bus. You say, oh, the bus is late today. I want to even walk. I, 
I really want to get there. How many of us felt that way? If you feel that way, it means that you are addicted to church. And it's a good thing to be addicted to church. Gathering together is great. Please, when you are coming here this morning, don't let people get so tired of you. There are some people you are bringing them to church. You have to fetch water, water for them to bath. You have to iron their clothes. You have to be waiting for them. The bus has to be waiting and honing. Beep, 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 beep. And, and they drag their feet and, and they are autofista and they are coming like that. Ah, it's as if going to church is like taking paracetamol. It must not be. Coming together must be something we celebrate. It should be enjoyable. Bible says that we should not forsake that kind of assembly. This habit is also known as tradition. It's, it's not just tradition. It's also pattern. It is practice. It is routine. It is something we do. Let me tell you today, Christianity is a singing religion. When we meet, we sing. But Christianity is also an assembling religion. Without us coming together, we cannot be Christians. Our faith is best expressed. We communicate better with God, with one another. We communicate better when we are in community. Not when we are hiding on our own. And that's the reason why you must have interest in coming together. Some of us do great. We come to Sunday service. But today I want to appeal to you that Sunday service is great. But one of the things you have to be addicted to is coming for Bible study. And another thing you have to be addicted to is coming for what? Prayer meeting. Because that corporate prayer is going to change your life greatly. That Bible study in a group is going to change your life greatly. Because wisdom will come from different angles. Because God will disseminate the word in a different way because we are together. We cannot just do it. Oh, nowadays, pastor, I'm not able to come to, to church. I read the Bible at home. Yes, keep reading the Bible at home. But most often when you start reading, you sleep. It comes a sleeping tablet. By morning, you have slept on the Bible and the pages are in tatters. We are not doing well on our own. But when we come together, there's a power. There's a power coming together to read the word and to pray together. I believe that that corporateness is important. It must be a habit. We must assemble together. Bible says we should encourage one another all the more. Encourage one another what? All the more. And the reason we are to do so the more is when we see the day of the Lord coming nearer. Those days when it was written to the Hebrews, the day of the Lord was nearer. That time and this time, when is the coming of the Lord nearer? Now. Look at all the signs around us. It shows that the coming of the Lord is nearer. And that's why we must encourage ourselves to come together. Because some ideologies and some mindset falls off when you come into corporate meetings. When you're on your own, somebody said an idle brain is the devil's workshop. When you're on your own, it's a different 
ball game. When we come together, it is a different ball game. Please don't isolate yourself. It is a way to kill you. The devil only takes you out, separate you to kill you. Shepherds used to have a long stick. We call it staff. And you see the handle. It bent that way. That's what David said. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So shepherd will always hold that long stick with that bend. And what did they use it for? Hitting the animals? No. Because they have a flock that is moving and some of the flock has a mind of their own. They get sidetracked by water, by leaves, by food, by anything that attracts us. And they want to leave the whole crew and go on their own. They are just vying off. Their own interests and personal challenges may make them want to wander off. And the shepherd is behind, is watching every, every one of them so they are in group. Keeping them in group. Because there's an advantage of keeping the sheep in group. When the sheep is in group and they want, any animal want to attack them, they don't know which one to attack. They are together. Hello? I said they are what? They are together. But the, the animals are hiding. Wild animals, the lions and, and, and all that, the bear, they are hiding at the fringes. They are waiting for the one that will just fire off. Then they pounce on it and they'll do what? It doesn't matter whether that one that vies up is anointed, is filled with the Holy Ghost, is filled with power. It doesn't matter. Once you leave the group and you're on your own, the animals will challenge you. So what the shepherd does is he takes that stuff with that U-curve kind of thing and it will hold the neck of the one that is going and pull it back to the flock. Hold it and pull it back to the flock so it can all go together. Are you somebody we need to hold and bring back to the flock? You think you are okay on your own, but you are never okay on your own. None of us is okay on our own. We are a community and we must realize that our way of communication, the word of God and prayer must come through community. It brings better understanding. It puts us in a better situation than you do on your own. When you see people who don't come to church and you ask them, why don't you come to church? Oh, I attended a prayer meeting somewhere. I went to Bible study somewhere. Before you know, their faith is messed up because they are mixing all kinds of doctrines. They are mixing all kinds of ideas and they don't fit anywhere. Christianity is belonging. You must belong. You must be at a place. Oh, pastor, what if I belong and they are causing trouble and I can't fit in there? Yes, they must cause trouble because the reason why God put you there, one of it is to make sure that you qualify to be where you are. Have you seen brother, sister, son, people? When a carpenter finishes a furniture, they employ the services of a son, people. And it is rough. But when they put it on the furniture, at the end, the furniture becomes what? Smooth. So the reason why people are provoking you in the body, the reason why people are stepping on your toes and talking about you and creating problems and you are angry is because they are polishing you up. We are all under construction and it happens within the body. One day, you'll be finished and the spraying will come and you'll be smooth because he's preparing us for something. 
So in the body, we get prepared. So when you get trouble, you don't run away from the group. You stay. We must be committed to church. And not just Sunday church, but to Bible study and to prayer. Because that is what is going to make you grow. Corporate Bible study and prayer is going to make you grow. You have to come for Tuesday uh, Bible study. You have to come for Friday prayer meeting. You have to be at a Sunday fellowship. Why? Because that is how God has designed it to be. Have you realized that words are just the first part of communication? Words. Listening is just as important as spouses who attest to. Hello? If you're a spouse here, if you have a wife or husband, you realize that listening is as important as talking. Because the wives, you know, the wives are always telling their husband, you don't hear me, you don't listen to me. You don't listen to me. You don't, the men are not listening. They are talking. So listening is part of the conversation. Part of the communication. So we talk and we listen. That is the exchange that we need to employ. When discussions are on a topic that is within your alley, you normally don't allow the other person to talk because you know it all. You keep talking, 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 talking. But that kind of communication is going to help us. You stop at a certain point and you listen to the other person. Last week I was talking about the ping pong kind of thing. You put it into somebody's net and they put it back in your net. That's how communication is. Communication, you don't, don't tell the person, stop, I'm not finished. I'm not done with you. Let me finish. And you go on and when you finish, you turn away and don't listen. That's not communication. So, in communicating as a community, when we come together, we learn to listen. We learn to do what? When you're on your own, you don't listen to anybody. <laughs> you just talk by yourself and when you are done, you are done. But in community, we learn to listen. The power of communication in a community is listening ability. Have you realized in Bible studies, Sometimes some people talk too much and others are not saying anything. They are just talking. And when somebody is talking, they don't listen. You know why I know they don't listen? Because they are arming themselves. They, they know what to say next. They are just waiting for you to finish so they can jump in and say. Because they are all interested about what they have to say. And they are talking, talking. You learn how to listen. And in corporate meetings, we are supposed to hear God. Hear him out. We're supposed to listen to one another. Do you know that you best know what is in the heart of people when you listen to them? Hello? How to know what is in the heart of people is to listen to them. So when you meet people or when you get into meetings and stuff like that, you are not the very best person to be talking. If you want to be somebody who will display wisdom, listen. You listen and listen and listen. Sometimes many people have gathered and everybody's talking. Just listen. Just be quiet. Don't, don't say anything. And when they have spoken and spoken, you take a little from here, a little from there. You know their heart. You know what their interest is. They have already betrayed themselves by what they are saying. Then you come up and you say, this, that, 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 that. In certain meetings, I've taken advantage of that. 
And when I finish speaking, anybody who speaks after me will say, just like he said. Just like. And some will say, oh, I was going to say what you said. Why? Because you've taken time to listen to the heart of people. We must listen to others. Communication is an exchange. It does not flow one way. In James chapter 1 verse 19 and 20. James 1 19 and 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James focuses on being quick to do what? Listen. Not on speaking. Some of us are quick to speak. Genesis chapter 3 verse 9 to 13. Genesis 3, 9 to 13. In Genesis 3, 9 to 13, we see the listening skill of God. The listening skill of God. And the opportunity God gives for us to speak so he can know our heart. Although he knows our heart, he wants to know it true and true from our perspective. Right? So in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9 to 13, the Bible says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. Verse 9. But the Lord called to the man, Where are you? That's the first question. Where, do you think God didn't know where man was? The CCTV in that garden was controlled by God. He lived in heaven, but he knew everywhere in the garden. He made the garden. He was the CCTV controller of the garden. But yet, he said, where are you? He was giving man opportunity to do what? To speak. God wants to listen. Where are you? Verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Oh, extra information. <laughs> no, no, the, the reason is not just why I'm hiding, but when I heard you, because of what I've done, I was afraid. Man was not disclosing himself to God. God was listening. Then God asked a follow-up question. Verse 11. And he said, Who told you that you are? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? He knew the devil was there. But God said, who told you? I want to find out from you. Tell me. The listening ability of God. Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you you not to eat from? Didn't God know that? God knew, but he was asking the question. Verse 12. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some, some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? Another question. What is this that you have done? Explain yourself. And the woman said, it's not me. It's a snake. And they kept talking. God has a listening ability. In a corporate gathering like this, we must listen to others. In Bible study, in prayer, we must listen to others. When we come together, we must listen to others. And we must listen to God. If we are going to prevail, if we are going to prevail as a corporate body, we must listen and listen well. 
And I believe that we must acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit who is the greatest teacher, who will help us to say the right things, who will help us to respond very well and listen well because the Holy Spirit is always present. When we come for Friday prayer meeting and we pray for one another, and we pray, that's how you learn how to pray. That's how you can survive on your own. But you want everything to be just you. When you do that, you are not going to grow. When you are coming to church on Sunday, be excited, be in a hurry. Know that that is God's original plan for you. God's original plan is for us to stick together as a body, to come together, cooperate, meet all the time. Some of us have the habit of meeting once every six months. You come to church once every six months. Some of us, we meet once every three months. Some of us, once every month. You come to church today. Some, some people have the habit of coming to church today. Next week, they get up. They can go to church and say, ah, last week I went. I'm being too familiar with the, with the church. Let me stay home this week. What is this? You are not asked. Do you know the believers in the New Testament? You know how they met? They met daily. Every day they met. And you are now saying, Pastor, why, is there, why don't we have the power they had? Why are we not casting out demons? Why are we not healing the sick? They met every day. You meet, you come when you want to come. And you want power to be displayed. Where comes the power? It's in communication with God. And it doesn't happen until we are in constant touch with God. I employ us today as a church that we must not forsake the same gathering together of believers coming together there's power in corporate communication when we communicate with god bible says if somebody is sick among you he should talk to the elders of the church and a prayer of faith will do what when we come together to even pray for you it's more powerful than one person or you praying on your own when you have an issue and we all stand with you one can fight thousand two can fight what ten thousand so you can imagine the power of community. And when we communicate as a community, we have a breakthrough. Is there anything that you are looking for from God and you want God to do? In this power, this atmosphere, when you ask God, the, the power of God is so strong that most often it is as true. The power of God is so strong. If I were you, when we come together, that's when I present my issues to God. Because we know he is here. Thank you, Lord, that in hearing your word, we'll be encouraged to be over obstacles and pain and hurts and troubles that we face. Pray, Lord, that it shall be well with us. Give us understanding through your word. Bring us closer to yourself as we hear you and as we talk to you. Bless you for this gathering. Say, let it be all of you. Rule supreme among us. In Jesus' name. Amen.